0: This is the Bouquet Toss Podcast, brought to you by the Budget Savvy Bride. We're here to help you figure out what to keep and what to toss from your wedding day plans. Join founder Jessica Bishop and editor Sari Wienerman as we unpack wedding trends and traditions to help you plan a wedding that feels authentic to you. So before you get cold feet, let's dive right in. Welcome back to the Bouquet Toss. Today's topic is a trend that we can really thank the age of social media for bringing to light, and that is epic wedding photography. A wedding was something captured on camera and film since we had the capability to do so. But nowadays, wedding photography is perhaps one of the most important parts. So many of the real brides that we feature on The Budget Savvy Bride tell us that they budgeted the most or considered a splurge on their wedding photography. There are so many amazingly creative artists that have elevated wedding photography and turned it from traditional portrait style to so much more. From adventure elopements to beach weddings, there are so many fun and creative ways to capture your big day. So we're so excited today to be joined by elopement photographer Megan lane Gras, so she can share her expertise in the world of wedding photography. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. We're
1: so excited to chat with you. You have such a great breadth of experience with especially elopement photography and getting some really epic photos. So before we get started, I'm gonna read this full introduction. So Megan Langra is an adventure elopement photographer residing in Tacoma, Washington. With nearly a decade of professional photography experience, her customers say she knows the best locations and love that she makes them feel comfortable while being photographed. When she's not photographing amazing people, you can catch her wandering the Pacific Northwest, hiking trails, summiting mountains, and traveling abroad. In the midst of all the craziness going on, that's obviously sounds amazing. And maybe this will be a good time for all of us to brainstorm and dream about some of those creative places we can go to get epic wedding photos.
2: Yeah, definitely. I definitely feel spoiled living in the Pacific Northwest because even with quarantine and COVID and all that, I can still like travel basically to my backyard and go to Mount Rainier or elsewhere that's close by. So I've been lucky.
0: Uh, Jealous.
1: So gorgeous. Um yeah so we're excited to talk all things photography and share some of your advice and tips with our listeners.
0: So what would you say was the most challenging or non-traditional elopement that you've shot? Well, I photographed two rock climbing elopements this year and
2: yeah, that would definitely be the most challenging and the most unique elopements I've shot so far. We
0: featured one of them on the blog and we are going to link in the show notes because it was awesome. I mean, when we say rock climbing, literally the couple climbed the side of a cliff. The bride was in a wedding dress And Megan was incredible and photographed them like as they were going. And they even noted that they needed a photographer who was like so down to do this adventure with them. And when they got to the top, they exchanged their vows. The pictures are incredible. I think it's so cool. And the best part is the couple met rock climbing. It's something they do together. It's something they love. So they were like, Why not? Yeah,
2: that was definitely one of my favorites. And they did it at sunset, which is just perfect. So like we ended the day with a little picnic on the cliff and it was perfect.
1: So would you say that they were already like really set on this idea and they came to you because they knew that you were down for that sort of adventure style photography or did you at all like influence them in any way to like do this sort of unique style?
2: They came to me with most of the ideas. They had it pretty much. Planned out, um, and I helped them work through a few details. But they came to me and were like, "We need someone who's going to hike to the spot we want to have the ceremony. We're going to climb." Thankfully, I could just walk around the side of the cliff and get to the bottom and the top, so I didn't have to climb, and it was really easy to photograph. And then they're like, "How do you feel about hiking down in the dark?" And I was like, "I do that all the time." <laughs> so they just wanted someone who was, you know, down to to experience and do all of that, and it was great.
0: So I'm curious about what are like the hallmark shots that tip off somebody looking at the pictures to know, okay, this is a wedding because we're very into all the non-traditional things. Like maybe you're not wearing a white dress. Maybe you're not, you know, wearing a veil and or a suit or something that signifies like, hey, I'm the one getting married. But you can get these incredible photos of what's happening. So what would you say are the like iconic moments that you try to include in an elopement shoot, regardless of the venue that it's in? Um, Yeah,
2: so I would say definitely like the ceremony, however they do that, if they have an officiant there or if they're just reading their vows to each other, that's what like signifies this is a wedding to me and like exchanging vows and like celebrating somehow afterwards. Like if you're going to cut cake or pop champagne, you have to do something fun afterwards to signify all of that.
1: Yeah, a bottle of champagne travels pretty easy. So I feel like that's a quick win in that department.
0: Yeah, I think that... The thing to remember specifically for elopement photography is that most of the time, since it's a smaller amount of people, and maybe it's even just like you, your spouse and the photographer, you've got a lot of people that are probably going to want to see these photos and like relive the wedding moment with you. So I think that's where like photography becomes so important to elopements so that there's like other witnesses that are able to experience the love and the excitement.
2: I also think that sometimes not everyone is going to understand why you want to elope and getting to show them these awesome photos and how much fun you had afterwards through all the photos, it kind of gives everybody that aha moment. They're like, oh yes, I understand why you did this now. This is definitely, you know, so you guys and you had so much fun. So it helps to, you know, just get support and be able to share your memories.
1: Right, because it it is a really personal decision. And especially when there's families involved and things like that, they may not necessarily understand why you'd want to do this, just the two of you, and maybe might even feel a little bit like hurt or left out. But to your point, like when you're able to show them these incredible photos and share the moments, even if they weren't there physically with you, that's so special to have those memories captured for not just yourselves, but also the people who weren't there with you.
0: -hmm. What are some other examples? I mean, hiking is and like rock climbing are incredible, but give us some other ideas of these epic photography moments that you've been able to pull off with elopements.
2: Um, Like hiking to an alpine lake in the North Cascades, or um, I haven't photographed a backpacking wedding yet, but I want to. And, like, I have so many things on my bucket list. So, like, I want to do a helicopter elopement, hutter hot air balloon.
1: That sounds epic.
0: <laughs> that is so epic. We're really into giving people that extra boost that they need to decide to do what they want to do. So many brides in our community ask for permission, basically, to do something that they want to do. And we want to get out ahead of that and be like, here's all these amazing things you could do. And uh, you know, what aligns with what you love?
2: Yeah, that's exactly what I ask people. I'm like, all right, what what is it that you're interested in? What do you like to do together? Do you want to experience something new or do you want to do something that you already love? And even if it's as simple as just like doing like a little road trip, like in the Olympics, you can be in the mountains, go through a rainforest and at the beach all in the same day. So if you like want to road trip and experience all of that, great. <laughs> Or if you want to do something more epic, like helicopter or skydive or... Oh my god, Yeah. I mean, there, the possibilities are endless. So it's like, you got to use your imagination and dream what would make you happiest and what would leave you feeling fulfilled and give you a day that you'd never forget.
1: I love that. And that really does give yeah. like a whole new meaning to like, you know, taking the leap together, leaping out and skydiving. da Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I know we've touched on this, but I think that what's really important here is to remember that there is definitely a difference between wedding photography and the way that we think about, like, portraits of your family or your bridal party or whatever – And then also like just wedding photography that captures the two people in love and this awesome day. And I think the photography is probably going to be important to everybody because this is how we remember our lives. This is how we capture things. This is how we share it to the gram. All of the, I hate that I say that. It makes me sound so not in touch with the youth. But They're
1: sharing it on the TikTok now. Right
0: share it on TikTok. But it's not necessarily just to get that book of like, here's all of my friends in the same color, looking at my ring or and, and there's nothing wrong with getting that shot, right? That's mm-hmm. it's But that's not it. That's not the only thing that you can do with a wedding or elopement photography session. Yeah, definitely.
2: Even if you have like that styled um, shot you want with the ring or whatever it is I think every couple is different and you all have different things that you're comfortable with or regularly do so sure ask for the the specific shot you want but also like know that you're going to get things that are completely unique to you and your partner and those will be like the really special shots because they're you
0: so do you typically need information on the couple so that you know what types of shots to set up? Like what do you ask from the couple before to make the shoot successful? For like uh,
2: engagement shoots, I generally ask if there's like anything they're insecure about, like is there something you want me to know? Do you hate your hair when it goes a certain way over your eyes? or is there anything you want me to watch out for so that I can like be on your team and work with you to minimize? you know, what you're self-conscious of. I'm working with you. I'm not against you. I want you to love your photos too. And it's a lot easier to be proactive than like reactive trying to fix the photos.
1: Anybody who is dealing with any sort of insecurity, like to have that comfort level with their photographer, I think is super important. So I love that that's something that you try to make note of and like open up a conversation Mm -hmm. about. So you're aware. I think that's amazing.
2: I also try and uh, let them know, like, you have permission to tell me when you are uncomfortable. If I'm asking you to do something that you don't like or that doesn't feel right or you're wondering, like, what to do with your hands or, you know, is my smile okay? Just ask your photographer because then they'll be able to reassure you or adjust. And then rather than taking photos of, like, your growing concern, they're going to be able to, like, fix it move on, you know, get the good photos.
0: That's such a good point. And I think that's really, really helpful. Communication seems to be the key to getting a successful photo shoot. Just speaking up and being able to say, you know, I'm worried that my smile looked weird in that one. Maybe can I take a look at at the shot and we can see if I need Mm -hmm. to adjust or something like that. I think feeling comfortable enough to talk and speak up and ask for what you need is a big part of getting epic wedding photography.
2: Yeah. And I would say during elopements, it's less about like the staged photos, like an engagement shoot and le- uh, and more about what's happening. So I do a lot of, I, I, I direct couples a lot during an engagement shoot and help them pose. But during an elopement, it's capturing everything as it unfolds. I think there's less stress and less time to be worried. Like, oh my gosh, was my smile funky? So I think elopements are less stressful, even though it might seem more (laughs) beforehand
1: i think all couples kind of internalize this pressure of the wedding day and there being just so much going on there's a thousand moving pieces in a traditional wedding you've paid a lot of money for this and all of that can really show in your body language and your facial expressions and things like that if you're feeling stressed and one thing that i really love about all the elopements and even, you know, the smaller more like micro wedding type weddings that we've featured is you can see how much more relaxed the couple is in the photos truly like they look carefree, they look completely present in the moment. It's like you can feel how meaningful and how like present they are in those moments. And I just I love that I think it is totally like visible in the photos.
2: That's really cool. and That makes me really happy. I totally agree. Weddings are stressful and chaotic and busy. Photographers generally help set up a timeline for the whole day. And with weddings, it's like, if you run late getting ready, your whole day is late. And now you're rushing from one thing to the next. And everybody runs late getting ready. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> with the low-mints, it's like, do you want to have a ceremony right now? okay, let's wait, you know, <laughs> do it yeah. when it feels right, because it's just you and, you know, maybe a couple guests or, or not. And yeah, then you can wait until everything feels right. You can exchange gifts first or do whatever you want. And it's way more relaxed.
1: I love that. I also think there's like something to be said of like taking yourselves out of a normal you know or traditional situation like and that's what's really cool about like these adventure elopements you know if you're into hiking or travel or whatever the case might be and you kind of go out into an area that means something special to you or you know is just out in nature it removes you from like all the stressful elements of like a traditional wedding And you also get like an incredible backdrop as a bonus.
0: (laughs) Yeah, like we've seen amazing photos with like a waterfall. Come on, a waterfall behind you as you're saying I do. Nothing can compare to that. Yeah. So question for you, what kinds of settings do you think make for the best photos? So you've done like a lot of hiking cliffs and things like that. So would you say mountains? Would you say like snow on the ground? Is this extra like added level of magic?
2: Yeah, um, I love mountains. So anything with a mountain view, I'm all for that. But really, um, I think what makes for the best photos is timing it right. You have to time it with golden hour and then you get that beautiful alpine glow. Um, You're going to get hopefully a nice sunset. But even if you don't get a nice sunset, you're going to get really beautiful directional light. that's super flattering you know like silhouettes or just all sorts of different ways you can use that light and that's when you get like the shots that are absolutely stunning not that you can't get stunning shots without golden hour but it's you know it's usually a little easier to do that (laughs) with golden hour
0: yeah i mean lighting does incredible things for photos, we have another episode about basically artificial lighting, how you can light up a room or an outdoor venue or something. But it's so true that some of the most epic shots that I think I've seen are when the light is creating like it's like cascading through the the trees or something like that and you get this like incredible glow yeah Yeah. for
1: anybody who's who's listening who maybe doesn't know what golden hour is like could you explain that a little bit more definitely so it's either the moments like
2: right after sunrise or right before sunset and usually it depends on where you are on earth but um here in the pacific northwest you have like about an hour or two it's just as the sun is setting or rising and that's when you see like the beautiful colors in the sky. And it's just because I think the atmosphere is, there's more atmosphere to be reflected. So you see different colors, basically.
1: Right. And another benefit is like the sun's not obviously directly overhead, so you don't get as many like shadows or things to deal with as a photographer. Like, I know that that can be difficult, like photographing in harsh light during the middle of the day, right? Yes, that's the worst time to to take pictures. (laughs)
2: <laughs> um and it's funny cuz w- with a traditional wedding you don't usually get to pick you know when you are going to have your photos taken you're lucky if you get photos taken at sunset and usually you have to take time out of your reception to do that which is not a big deal but you do have to like leave your guests for about 10 minutes to go get pictures at sunset with an elopement it's like oh you want to have your ceremony at sunset Cool, like, let's do that. And then you get gorgeous photos, basically for your whole day. That's
0: awesome. <laughs> Speaking of epic wedding photography, when planning for a photo shoot or big event, you wanna make sure your teeth are looking their best. We're so excited to introduce you to the newest product from the team at Bridebrite Bright called Brighten, the all-in-one teeth whitening kit bundle. Brighten is everything you need for whiter teeth in one convenient box. The perfectly paired Advanced Teeth Whitening Kit and Sonic Electric Toothbrush were thoughtfully designed by a dentist to fulfill all of your dental needs from essential enamel safety to stunning results. The Brighten All-in-One Kit includes the same magical formula as the Bride Bright Wedding White Teeth Kit, including the LED mouthpiece, 3D shade guide, and desensitizing gel, Plus one rechargeable electric toothbrush and two replacement heads. Listeners of the Bouquet Toss can get 40% off and free shipping by using code Brighton Bouquet Toss at checkout. That's code B R I T E N Bouquet Toss. It's time to reveal a healthy, clean, and bright smile. With that in mind about like natural lighting, do you ever include artificial lighting in your photography shoots to enhance it? Or is that type of stuff done in like post when you're just editing the files you have? So I try
2: and get everything that I want done in camera because it's a lot easier, it's a lot less time consuming. And usually it just looks more natural if you can get it in camera. But I do use off-camera flash occasionally. It adds some dramatic lighting, but I don't like that flashes have to recharge between every shot, so it's, you have to wait. Here's a picture, and then you wait two seconds, and then you're able to take another picture. And that's if you have like fresh, good batteries in it. If you've used it for a while, You have to wait three or four seconds. And that's a lot of time for, you know, like an important moment that you could miss. So I usually shoot with natural light and then I can capture photos as fast as my memory card goes, which is fast. (laughs) I love getting pictures of couples laughing together or, you know, like during the ceremony when you're crying or anything like that. Like all those little in-between moments. And those are the ones that I love the most. Those are the ones that I feel are most authentic to the couple. So I prefer using natural light just because it's faster.
1: Obviously, if you're planning something more traditional and you're planning to have a traditional wedding album after the day, all the pose shots are probably things you're gonna want, but those authentic, meaningful, like in the present moment shots that are captured of things actually happening between like you and your partner or you and the witnesses that are there, like those are so special because they are, actual real authentic connections that are happening in real time. And I love that too.
0: Yeah. So speaking of more posed things, one trend that I happen to be obsessed with is double exposure shots. And I'm wondering if you can give us from your photography expertise, like how do you do that? How do you pull that off?
2: So it can be done in post and that's generally like the easier way to do it you control like every piece of it um, but if you want to do it in camera it's really fun <laughs> i haven't tried it in a while because it just takes a lot of time <laughs> and i'm usually like what do i do next okay go, go go but you it's like you have a long shutter speed and then you take one picture the way i've done it you take a picture with a flash and then you take a picture of something else with a flash and since it's a long exposure basically the camera picks up on the light that it's scene (laughs) so it combines them
0: (laughs) i wish i had a better way of explaining that does that make sense No, that makes complete sense. I I just think there's something so romantic about it, where you have one partner a little bit bigger, and then like the other partner kind of like layered over and some flowers in there or something. I think it's so cool. So that could be on your list. Mm -hmm. And I think what's really fun about those is even if you see something on Pinterest that you love, your photo is going
2: to be different because a you have a different photographer and you're different people. But also whatever background or like landscape you're using is going to influence that. So if you're in a forest, you're probably going to have If you have an epic, okay, you can use that, you know, you're just going to use your surroundings, which is really fun and beautiful.
1: Totally. I think there's just so many like unique options and angles to consider. I mean, I just think it takes so much creativity to like do what you do.
2: Oh, thank you. I do a ton of research before I suggest a location or go to like an allotment at a specific location, and even even with that, even if I've been there before, uh, even you know, even with the amount of research I do, it's still a little bit of a surprise when you get there because things change, especially in the wilderness. So you're like, there was a lake here in July, but now it's dried up in August. So like knowing all of those little details, like which waterfalls are the seasonal ones, um, which ones flow year
1: round. Wow, that's something I never even thought about.
2: Yeah. And here in the Pacific Northwest, our hiking season and all of our locations become accessible in July, which is really late if you think about it. So, July through September or even October is when we have like the most options available. And then the rest of the year, we have some mountain passes closed due to snow and avalanches. Hiking trip. not not all our hiking trails are safe.
1: so it sounds like there's it's a good thing for couples to consult with, you know, if they have this kind of adventure elopement style in mind to consult with someone like you who has experience in the area where they're hoping to shoot knows the terrain, knows the drill and the best places to go. I think to me, that sounds like something that couples should keep in mind if they have this adventure in mind.
2: Definitely, I'm obviously biased, (laughs)
1: Um,
2: but (laughs) yeah, if you hire someone experienced, yes, you're gonna get to hear about locations that are more private, that are not as well known. And then um, they're also gonna be able to help prepare you for the day. So if you need to wear hiking boots or if it's gonna be muddy and different things like that. And I always carry with me what's called the 10 essentials. So if you're hiking, you should be carrying these. It's like Advil and allergy medicine and extra water, extra food. I have like an emergency beacon, um, so even if we don't have cell service, I can still get emergency help if I need it. Like if someone trips and breaks their leg, I can it's, I can send out a text message or an SOS signal and someone is going to have our coordinates and be able to come help us. So like things like that, that you wouldn't necessarily think of, is super important. And then there's things like um, leave no trace. So you, like if, you, especially if you're in a national park, you should always stay on the trails. You can only w- walk on hard surfaces because a lot of like the meadows are really fragile. So if you walk through the meadows, you're going to kill the wildflowers there. And then of course, someone else is going to see you walk through there or they're going to see your photos and then that's okay. So now you've brought who knows how many more people into that meadow, killing those wildflowers. So it's, it's not worth it for that shot. <laughs> Plus you could <can> get fined. <laughs>
1: Um, Oh, wow. Yeah.
2: That's that's important to know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There's a lot to know. Oh, and oftentimes you need a permit to get married in national parks or on forest land or in state parks. So having someone that's experienced with all of this stuff is really important. It's going to make planning a lot easier.
1: That's a really good point. So actually, I'd love to know In terms of like affordability obviously at budget savvy bride we love to share ideas to help couples have a beautiful wedding day and do it affordably so i would imagine that this is relatively affordable to do an elopement in a in a park or a public place like this but what sort of like fees are involved in like permits and things like that in general
2: the fees are pretty cheap like here in washington the most expensive ones are about a hundred bucks and like at Rainier, um, if you have less than 12 guests, you can use any hiking trail in the park, as long as you don't block the path um, and like disrupt other visitors. You can't like keep viewpoints few points to yourself because you know, it is a public space. <laughs> um, but yeah, you can use any trail in the park and uh, I can't remember the exact price, but it's probably around hundred bucks. And then if you have like 30 visitors, then you get to choose which location you want out of their list. And in general, it's about that price. But uh, there are more popular locations like Taft um, Point in Yosemite or places in Moab. Like, uh, I can't remember which one is the most expensive one, but I know, I can't remember what it, it's called. But there's a place in Moab, Utah, that's like $800 because it's so popular. Wow. Um, yeah. And what's funny is you could also just hire someone that's experienced and knows of cool locations and, you know, get married somewhere that's just as cool for a (laughs) hundred dollars.
1: That's where having like somebody who knows what's up uh, to guide you in those decisions would be really helpful.
0: Yeah. I love that you pointed out these different options of if you have 12 guests or if you have 30 guests, because we love to dismantle the idea that an elopement has to only be you your spouse and your photographer. While that maybe is like the traditional way that we would define an elopement, you could have more of a micro wedding, but still do something like this that's adventure elopement-esque and have some more people there with you. And don't forget, they're gonna get tons of awesome shots on their own. Their iPhones are gonna be taking some amazing things of them together too. And so just having a backdrop that's so naturally beautiful would be super fun for your guest experience as well, because you could have some guests with you.
1: Yeah, for sure.
0: So do you have any savvy advice on things couples can do to prepare for their wedding photos? There's, you know, a lot of things people want to get in terms of their accessories, maybe they want to get, you know, as part of their getting ready photos. So is there anything you would suggest? Yes. So I tell all my couples to have a
2: detail box. i set up and ready for me on their wedding day. It's going to have anything that they feel like is special, any special mementos, the rings, jewelry, anything you're going to be wearing or carrying with you. That way it's all together in one place when I get there so I can start shooting right away and then I don't have to like chase you down asking you where are the rings or the bouquet while you're getting your hair and makeup done. And then it helps me know what you're valuing and, you know, what's special, because otherwise I have no idea if, uh, you know, this piece of jewelry is from your grandmother or like, did you buy it for $20 somewhere else and you don't care about it? (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that makes it a lot easier and really smooth for me to start out the day.
0: What a great idea. A details box to put all of the important things in that you want to make sure you get photos of because, you know, we we love to encourage everybody to plan all of these little things out as part of their wedding planning process. Maybe you know you're going to have something for your something borrowed and it's really meaningful to you and you want photo evidence that that was included in your day. Well, you have to make sure to communicate that. So this is such a great way to get all of that done It's organized, you get it there, put it in the box. And then once you're ready to actually go and do all the other activities for your wedding, it's already been taken care of.
1: I think that's a fantastic idea, whether you're having an elopement or any style of wedding. Honestly, one thing that I think a lot of couples kind of forget about, especially with a typical wedding when they're inviting guests is to get photos of their invitations. Like a lot of times the couples will spend money on some nice invitations. And including that photo of your invitation suite in your album is really nice because it has all of those like pertinent details. But I think a lot of couples might forget to bring a copy of that for the photographer to shoot on the day of. So that's something that you could definitely put in a details box as well. I think that's such a great, great tip.
0: I like that idea of having both the details box for the physical things. And then maybe we can coin a term, but some sort of details list For things that maybe aren't tangible but that you want to make sure are covered and this is such a good opportunity to actually sit down with your partner and have the conversation of what are you hoping to get out of our photos what are you hoping to be able to look at years to come because there's probably things that you're not going to think of that they will and vice versa and it could even come down to the fact that you love the buckle on your shoe and it was like the reason you chose that shoe that's really easy to forget day of when you're doing 800 things but if it is important to you, it's already in your details list and it's handed over to your photographer beforehand and they know like to take care of it. Yes, definitely. And
2: so I give all my couples like a little questionnaire to fill out before their wedding or elopement day. And it has, you know, what is most important to you to have photographed. Um, And then we go through like the list of all the family shots they want. And at the end, it's like, is there anything else I missed? Is there anything else you want photographed? Do you want to have a picture with someone who like, you know, maybe they're from out of town or out of state, and they flew into your wedding, you need a picture with them, but they're not going to be there when the family's there to get photos. So like, all right, we got to take a picture with this specific person during the reception or this specific item, anything like that. You can
0: definitely communicate that beforehand.
1: Such good advice.
0: We like to do a segment on the bouquet toss called Keep It or Toss It. And so, I'm going to ask both of you when it comes to epic wedding photography, would you keep it or toss it? Would you rather get that like incredible nature esque photo moment? Or would you rather be in a controlled environment where the only thing you're worried about is rain on your wedding day and not like any other elements?
2: Yeah, I do have a couple this past year that had a traditional wedding, but they also like this is the second rock climbing thing I did this year. They rock climbed like two days after their wedding. We climbed a freaking mountain. They like dragged me up it. Um, It was so hard. Uh, So they dragged me up this mountain and we rock climbed and then they changed into their wedding clothes at the top and took pictures. And like he's a rock climbing guide and she's just really good at it. Um, And it's just what they do. And I could tell they were, like, in their element on this mountain. She's, like, walking around barefoot on this granite mountain. (laughs) So, like, you don't have to keep it or toss it. You can have your traditional wedding, and then you can also get epic photos.
1: I totally agree. I think you can totally have the best of both worlds. Why not have your cake and eat it, too, on your wedding day with your photos?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I agree. I think why toss something if you can kind of make both happen. And it does seem like, you know, if you're having a savvy, more traditional type of wedding, you could still have a savvy, epic wedding photography moment in addition. Mm -hmm. And it still could be on budget. Yeah, and you could also reverse it. You could have like an epic ceremony location,
2: either, you know, just by yourselves or with your family and then host a reception that evening or
0: later on. You get to have both. You get to do whatever you want.
1: <laughs> your day, your way.
0: Before we head out, we would love to be able to share with our listeners how they can get in touch with you, follow some of your photography amazingness. Um, you know, get some ideas from Emily and photography. So tell them where they can find you on the web. So you can find me at emilyandphotography.com
2: or Emily Photography at Facebook or Instagram too. And my blog has a lot of free tips on it. So if you go to emilyandphotography.com, click on free planning tips, and then um, you can get location ideas like where should you elope in Washington or uh, the Redwoods or all of that. And like how you can elope in Washington or basically wherever I've traveled recently, I'll have a blog that's giving you all the details about how and where along with like advice about like how to tell your family you're eloping or tips on writing your vows so there's tons of information on there
1: amazing and super super helpful we will also link in the show notes a few of the guest blogs that you've done for us at budget savvy bride because you've shared some really amazing tips for our audience as well including that uh staged wedding exit which is just such a savvy tip we love we love that idea so you can get some more advice from megan
2: all right thank you so much for having me this is fun
0: you've been listening to the bouquet toss the podcast dedicated to uncovering where wedding trends and traditions come from so that you can plan your wedding your way we're continuing the discussion in our private community Join our supportive group of brides-to-be by heading to the slash community. Now it's your turn to catch the bouquet as we toss it over to you to rate and review on your favorite podcast app. As always, stay true to you, and we look forward to chatting again soon.